Section 13 of The Life of Mozart, Volume 1 by Otto Jahn. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Life of Mozart by Otto Jahn, Section 13, Chapter 5, Part 1, The Italian Tour. The Archbishop could not but feel flattered at the accomplishments of the young Salzburger, and he endeavoured, as far as lay in his power, to complete the partial success of the visit to Vienna by ordering a performance of Wolfgang's opera in Salzburg, notwithstanding that it, La Finta Semplice, was an opera buffa requiring performers of a buffa character. The performers were either members of the household. La Clemenza di Tito was given by the Signori Paggi di Corte, who played even the female parts, or of the chapel. The performance must have taken place on the fete day of the Archbishop or some similar festive occasion, and upon a stage specially erected in the Archiepiscopal Palace. It was the custom on such occasions at the close of the performance to address the person in whose honour it was given, generally in the form of an air with recitative concluding with a chorus. This peroration, which had no connection with the body of the opera, was called licenza. Two such, composed by Wolfgang for Archbishop Sigismund, are still preserved. A tenor air, 36k, and a soprano air, 70k, both with long recitatives, giving testimony of increasing dexterity in the treatment of form. The performance of the opera was followed on the side of the Archbishop by the announcement of Wolfgang's appointment as Concertmeister, and he was accordingly so entered in the court calendar of 1770. The greater part of the year 1769 was spent quietly at Salzburg in studies of which we know but little. The only compositions which can certainly be ascribed to this year are seven minuets for two violins and bass composed January the 26th, 1769, and two masses. They are all of the nature of studies. The first of the masses, in D minor, dated January the 14th, 1769, 65k, noteworthy on account of the minor key, is a missa brevis, and keeps strictly to that form both in choruses and solos. In the credo, the words genitum non factum consubstantialem patri per quam omnia facta sunt are distributed to three voices and sung together. The different phrases, though well formed, have a certain abruptness, showing that the skill to continue and develop the suggestions of the mind was still wanting, but the ordering of the details and the counterpoint are both excellent and bear many marks of originality. As an example, the fugue.
is unusual but has a striking effect in this place mozart evidently enters more into the spirit of his work as the mass proceeds and gives his impulses freer play the benedictus apparently gave him some trouble first it was written for all four voices then for soprano solo and lastly as a duet for soprano and alto this last arrangement being twice elaborated the alterations in the details show how precise he was in this work the beginning of the donor 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 nobis promises well but fails to maintain the same level to the end the second mass in c major sixty six k the pater dominicus mass was composed in october seventeen sixty nine on the occasion of the first celebration of mass by hagenauer's son whose entrance into a monastery had formerly caused wolfgang to shed tears page fifty the young composer put forth all his powers to produce a truly grand and brilliant festival mass every part is well conceived and worked out and considerable progress is observable in the mechanical details of the whole the subjects are more important and the passages for the violins which are very prominent have more distinct character the different parts too have freer play but it is at the same time to be noted that the substance of the work is not yet on a level with its broader scheme a succession of independent solos which evidently served as the special embellishment of the mass show a considerable effort to avoid a light operatic tone and to combine dignity with easy and attractive grace mozart's unequalled talent for pure and noble melody is as discernible here as elsewhere though it is crippled by a certain amount of confusion of ideas curiously enough the benedictus a solo quartet is accompanied only by the first violin which plays round the voices with a continuous running passage there is a good effect in the dona nobis where the chorus answers the short solo phrases with changes of lead and harmony this mass serves as a proof that leopold mozart did not confine himself to educating his son as an operatic composer but that he made him pass through a course of severe study in every branch of his art with the just conviction that his genius when fully trained and developed would mark out a line for itself leopold mozart's intention of taking wolfgang to italy remained as firm as ever and he considered their stay in vienna as the first step towards its accomplishment at that time italy was to musicians 
what she now is to painters and sculptors a residence there was necessary to give the finishing touches to their education and eclat to their reputation music in italy was not only an art universally diffused and esteemed it was the art par excellence all classes shared the insatiable desire for music everywhere in the churches the theatres the streets and their own homes and the delicate appreciation and enthusiasm for what was excellent were increased by practice and education so in italy a national tradition for production as well as for taste had been gradually formed a sort of musical climate in which artists found it easy to breathe they knew that they might rely confidently upon the appreciation of the public whose attention and intelligence urged them to fresh efforts while rewarding each success with sympathetic applause opera and church music were almost in equal favour and afforded mutual support to each other it was accordant with the brilliancy of royal courts and rich cities to give operatic performances either at carnival time or on special festive occasions no expense was spared to engage the most famous singers male and female and for every season stagione new operas were written if possible by famous and favourite composers again the dignity of the church required at least on great holidays that the musical part of the worship should be grand and imposing and the more richly endowed churches and monasteries were quite able to rival the theatres there was on every side a steady demand for musical production and execution which offered abundant opportunity for the exercise of every kind of talent the musical education of youth was principally entrusted to the church monasteries and religious institutions were careful to train the musical strength which was later to be at their disposal special institutions were founded which were in part the origin of the future conservatoires whose mission it was to train their scholars as singers instrumentalists or composers and in every case as thoroughly cultivated musicians in venice there were four such foundations in which boys and more especially girls received musical instruction preparatory to devoting themselves to the service of the church the ospedale della pietà intended for foundlings ospedaletto where sacchini was capellmeister at this time li mendicanti and li incurabili then under Golupi's direction in naples there were similar establishments dei poveridi gesù cristo della pietà dei turchini san onofrio loretto although all were originally intended as nurseries for church music yet they were of almost equal service to music of a secular nature 
indeed the most highly gifted among the scholars were likely to prefer the more brilliant and profitable career of the opera stage but the separation was never complete operatic composers for the most part worked also for the churches where opera singers and even professional instrumentalists were often heard ecclesiastics too practised music in various branches often with zeal and success although this union of musical forces through the overpowering influence of the opera worked in time prejudicially on the dignity and purity of church music yet there can be no doubt of its good effect on the study of form and musical science the result was all the greater since the almost instinctive steadfastness of the national taste preserved musicians from aberrations which are only to be checked by rigid limitations as to style and form an art so formed with so one-sided a cultivation must of course die out in the end but the extraordinary accomplishments of numerous italian masters cannot fail to impress us with admiration of the share which italian music in its fullness of life and activity had in producing a true musical atmosphere it was indeed this firm foundation of scientific knowledge which made possible a liberation of music from its confined italian limits without abandoning the laws of artistic formation under these circumstances italy enjoyed undisputed and unlimited sovereignty in all matters relating to music spain and england acknowledged it almost without reserve in france where the impulse proceeding originally from italy had been modified by national characteristics the influence of italy was now beginning to reassert itself in germany alone the works of great masters we need only remind our readers of the bach family as representatives of german church music of kaiser the creator of german opera in hamburg bore witness to an independent development of music even here it was not as german as the german oaks and bore many traces of italian or french influences but the comprehension and cultivation of form the substance and spirit of the music are purely german this german music however was principally confined to protestant north germany it was nourished by no favour from the great and the colder artistic mind of north germany hindered it from attaining the popularity which was enjoyed by music in italy at all the german courts protestant as well as catholic the opera was italian the catholic church music was under the exclusive sway of italian composers all singers male and female were either born or educated in italy and so for the most part were the instrumentalists although it was in instrumental music that germany first challenged the supremacy of italy the curious attraction of germans to italy which has existed in all ages under different manifestations must have worked with peculiar power upon musicians 
the german composers of the last century with the exception of the north german protestant church composers all studied and laid the foundation of their fame in italy even those who like handel and gluck possessed original power enough to enable them later to strike out a path for themselves it may be said that in this sense mozart's pilgrimage to rome was the last of its kind to him it was accorded not only to attain to the highest aim of italian opera but to break the bonds of nationality by lending depth and substance to the italian perfection of form while with the wealth of knowledge acquired in italy he furnished artistic form and expression to the national opera of germany in taking his son to italy leopold mozart had a twofold end in view wolfgang was not so much to continue his scholastic training that he could have done at home as to emerge from a narrow provincial existence into the great world of art and by extended experiences to gain the refined taste of a cultivated man of the world he was also to gain fresh laurels and to prepare the way for a prosperous and glorious future leopold mozart expected from the excitable italians special interest and applause on account of wolfgang's youth and in this he was not disappointed but he soon found that no pecuniary gain was to be expected from this journey since all concerts academie, were given by exclusive companies or by a public institute without entrance money so that the artist could count on no receipts but a voluntary fee from the entrepreneur which was not usually large soon after his arrival in italy leopold mozart remarks to his wife a remark often repeated that although not rich he has always a little more than is absolutely necessary and so bearing his main object in view he is quite content considering the constant fulfilment of duty is the most important factor in education he insisted on wolfgang's continuing his regular studies during their journey a long list of compositions partly suggested by passing events partly set studies bear witness to this wolfgang who was very fond of arithmetic page twenty two asks his sister to send his arithmetic book after him so that he may go on with his sums in rome he had a present of an italian translation of the arabian nights which amused him very much soon after we find him reading telemachus leopold mozart was too well informed himself to look upon this journey as instructive merely from a musical point of view his letters show that he took interest in politics and social life in nature art and antiquity he sends home long descriptions of the journey which are to serve as preliminaries to future conversations over the books and engravings he is collecting wolfgang evinced the same fresh interest in everything he saw 
and offered no opposition to the care his father took of his health. You know that he can be moderate, writes Leopold Mozart, February the 17th, 1770, and I can assure you that I have never seen him so careful of his health as in this country. He leaves alone all that he does not think good for him, and many days he eats but little. Yet he is always fat and well, and merry and happy the whole day long. And from Rome he writes, April fourteenth, seventeen seventy, that Wolfgang takes as much care of his health as if he were a grown man. Neither the honours with which he was everywhere overwhelmed, nor his performances as a musician, had any effect in spoiling the unsophisticated nature of the boy. He was always bright and animated, full of jokes and merry absurdities and retaining a strong attachment to home and the home circle amid all the distractions of the journey in his letters to his sister he falls into a ludicrous jargon composed of any number of different languages and of childish jokes and teasings after the manner of brothers and sisters who have grown up together and are under no sort of restraint in their intercourse but whenever the subject is connected with music through all the joking tone can be traced a lively interest and a decided and impartial judgment and the whole tone of his letters breathes hearty sympathy and amiability fortunate circumstances and a sensible education had combined with the happiest result and there can be no doubt that the concentration of Mozart's early training on one subject had the indirect effect of keeping at a safe distance much that might have been hurtful to his disposition. The father and son left Salzburg at the beginning of December 1769. Many threads of personal recommendation stretched thence into the Tyrol and Upper Italy, partly from mercantile connections, partly through the noble families belonging to the cathedral chapter, and the travellers had introductions which gained them admittance into widely different circles. Their first stay was at Innsbruck, where they were well received by Count Spar, brother to the Salzburg Capitular. On December the 14th, at a concert given by the nobility at the house of Count Kuhnigl, Wolfgang played a concerto at sight, which had been put before him as a test of his skill. At the close he was presented with it, and twelve ducats in addition. The Innsbruck newspaper testified, December the 18th, that Herr Wolfgang Mozart his extraordinary musical attainments have made him famous alike in the imperial court in england france holland and throughout the holy roman empire had given in this performance the most convincing proofs of his marvellous skill this youthful musician who is just thirteen years old has added fresh brilliancy to his fame and has commanded the unanimous approbation of all musical connoisseurs as soon as they entered Italy, the marks of honour with which the young artist was received became more animated and enthusiastic. 
at Rolloreno the nobles arranged a concert at the house of Baron Todeschi, who had known Mozart at Vienna. There is no need to say how Wolfgang is received, writes his father. When he wanted to play the organ at the principal church, the report of it spread through the town, and the church was so full that it took two strong men to clear the way to the choir, and then it was a quarter of an hour before they could get to the organ. They were so besieged by the audience. The enthusiasm in Verona was still greater. As there was an opera every evening, a week elapsed before a concert could be arranged. But in the meantime, invitations poured in from the Marchese Colotti, Count Giusti del Giardino, Locatelli, etc. Wolfgang performed a symphony of his own composition before a select assembly of connoisseurs, besides playing difficult pieces at sight and composing a song to some dictated words, which he afterwards sang. The scene at Rovredo was repeated when he went to play the organ at St. Thomas's church. The press was so great that they were obliged to get into the church through the monastery, and even then they could hardly have reached the organ had not the monks formed a ring around them, and so made a way through the crowd. When it was over the noise was still greater, for everyone wanted to see the little organist. Newspapers and poets vied with each other in extolling the marvellous apparition. The receiver-general, Pietro Luggiati, chief among intellectual dilettanti, caused a life-size portrait of Wolfgang at the clavier to be painted in oils, and acquainted his mother with this honour in a long letter, which contained warm expressions of admiration for the raro e potentoso giovane. On January the 10th they entered Mantua, well and hearty, in spite of the cold. But Wolfgang looked, his father said, owing to the fresh air and the heat of the stove, as if he had gone through a campaign, a sort of reddish-brown, particularly round the eyes and mouth, something like His Majesty's Emperor. Here, too, they were warmly received by all the distinguished dilettanti of the place. Signora Bettinelli, in especial, lavished all a mother's care on the boy, and wept at parting from him. A Signora Sartoretti invited them to dine with her, and sent by her servants a vase with a beautiful bouquet tied with a red ribbon, and in the middle of the ribbon a piece of four ducats, folded in a poem addressed by the Signora to Wolfgang. End of section 13, chapter 5, part 1.